Pastor Henry Harder, the Renewal Singers, and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We move on today to Romans chapter 2. Here in this chapter, Paul will show us that God is also going to judge the self-righteous and religious people. Paul is going to show us that the religious and self-righteous people, often referred to as the good people, also need a Savior. In this chapter, Paul will set down certain principles by which God is going to judge these good people. Chapter 1 reveals the unrighteousness of man. Chapter 2 reveals the self-righteousness of man. Today, we will look briefly at the opening 11 verses of this chapter, and then we will return to them in more detail on our next two studies. first section of this chapter, verses 1 through 16, Paul puts down three principles that govern God's judgment. The first in verse 2, according to truth. The second in verses 6 through 11, according to deeds. Then the third in verses 12 through 15, according to the light a person has. These principles lay the groundwork for Paul's discussion of the guilt of the Jews, which he speaks of in verses 17 through 29 of this chapter. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Suppressing the knowledge of God moves man away from God the Creator toward material created things. Finally, he begins to worship material things. From monotheism to materialism, to pantheism. That's what suppressing the knowledge of God does. Paul indicates in Romans 1 that there is no limit to man's downward trend. He will even worship reptiles when he resists God. God gives man the freedom to make his own God. 
and left to himself, man makes anything his God, even reptiles. This makes having the righteousness of Christ so very important. Now, there must have been people in Rome who, while they didn't have the righteousness of Christ, they weren't as evil as Paul describes these pagans in chapter 1. There were Jews in Rome who weren't like those pagans Paul described. There must have been Gentiles who, while they didn't have the righteousness of Christ, couldn't see themselves in the group of pagans Paul described. They would sit back and agree with Paul. They would pass judgment on those pagans. It is this group of Jews and Gentiles that Paul addresses in chapter 2. That there were Jews who didn't fit the bad picture of chapter 1 goes without saying. Their Bible would not allow the things Paul has talked about. They would agree with Paul regarding the pagans, but it didn't fit them. Not all Gentiles fit the picture either. For example, a man named Seneca, contemporary of Paul, was a Stoic philosopher and a tutor of Emperor Nero. In many ways, he was a good man. No doubt he could not identify with the pagans Paul has described. Seneca practiced moral virtues. He examined himself daily. He ridiculed idolatry. He exposed hypocrisy. Perhaps Seneca fully agreed with Paul in his assessment of the pagans. He might have said, that's true, Paul. That's what much of paganism is, but not all. It doesn't apply to me. I'm a Gentile, and there are many of us not like the ones you described. So here was a group with inhumanity that Paul needed to address. They were the good sinners, perhaps not perfect, but certainly not like those pagans. Here's what Paul said to them. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. These are harsh words from Paul. Paul was aware that these good people weren't really that good. 
Perhaps he knew that Seneca was himself guilty of some of the vices he condemned in others. Perhaps Paul knew that Seneca had contrived, together with Emperor Nero, to have his own mother, Agrippina, murdered. But perhaps Paul has the Jews particularly in mind, more so than the Gentiles. Paul shows that a human being has the capacity, the tendency, to criticize and to judge actions in others, but not in himself. So Seneca could condemn the pagans, yet didn't seem to have the capacity to judge himself. Paul is saying if you have the ability to judge others, then you also have the ability to judge yourself. All are without excuse. I'll never be able to say I had the ability to see sin in others, but I couldn't see it in myself. No one will be able to use that excuse. Often when humans judge humans, their judgment is not based on the whole truth. We either don't have all the facts or we distort them. So Paul reminds these good people that God's judgment is based on truth. God has all the facts and they are never distorted. Besides that, God knows the intents of the heart and the mind which should be considered in any judgment but which man can't see in another. So while this group of respected persons to whom Paul addresses the second chapter aren't practicing the sins of the pagans, all are like them. All are guilty and need the righteousness of Christ. And that righteousness is available and free to everyone who wants it. It's free and it's available to the worst pagan and to the best Jew or Gentile. It's needed by all, and it's available to all for the asking. Jesus paid for every sin of every person. The gift of forgiveness is just that. It is a gift, and like any other gift, it must be received. Thank you. 
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.